Right, folks, welcome back to the Across the Pond MMA podcast um, with myself, Cameron Watson, and the most profitable uh, garage salesman, not only in Atlanta, but the entire state of Georgia, Billy Johnson, back after a, a relatively long hiatus. I don't think we've done one of these since the Stipe and Gani card. Apologies, there's an ambulance going past my window. I'm sure you can hear that. Um, on its way to pick up Usman after tonight's result. <laughs> I'm kidding. Stay tuned in. We'll break that one down. It's a great segue in. Um, yes, we are here. Um, this evening is UFC 261. Uh, Usman v. Vidal 2. Um, three title fights, of course. We have Valentina Shevchenko against Jessica Andrade which is not the co-main. The co-main event is Weili Zhang v. Rose Namajunas. Billy and I here to break it down. Um, Billy, where, where would you like to start with this card? Uh, let's go from top to bottom on this. Let's, let's start with the main event. Let's give the people what they want to hear. Um, I'll ask the question to you. How would you see this fight going? So, like, I've seen a lot of memes where, like, you know, people will see you know, maybe Masvidal weighing in or Masvidal training, and they'll be like, okay, cool, Usman 50-45. And it's sort of like people are under the impression that no matter what Jorge does, you know, six-week fight camp, six-month fight camp, it wouldn't really matter. Usman's going to win every round. And I see that side of it. Obviously, I've been a little bit polarizing recently on the ATP MMA Instagram, you know, stirring up... a bit of controversy by saying Usman is the pound for pound number one fighter on the planet, uh, which I do believe. But there's something here that sort of tells me Usman does, um, like in terms of the Gilbert Burns fight, for example, he did get clipped early on, which was a surprise to me, but like he is human. So, wait, you've frozen. Oh, no, you're just sitting really still. She's <laughs> got immaculate posture. <laughs> I thought you frozen. Um, nope. You know, he, Gilbert Burns did clip him, and I can sort of see and like something that I saw being broken down earlier in the week is like Usman's incredible, sorry, Masvidal's incredible like counter like uh, overhand, like where basically, for example, Nate Diaz like throws a hook and like Masvidal comes over the top of it. So he's got he's got things in his arsenal that could really give Usman trouble. So. My two sort of ends of the spectrum are Masvidal KO round one or Usman decision. I I can see Jorge winning the first round, but if he doesn't KO him, I think it's going to be a really long night, especially, and we've talked at length before about that Usman jab. He has the best jab in the sport, and I don't really think it's up for debate. Like it is, or you think it is up for debate. Absolutely. I think that jab is a lot of recency effect or recency bias. Sorry. I think it looked great in the last fight, but I think up until that last fight, Usman was never known for his striking, whether it was jab, whether it was straight, whether it was hook, any type of strike, uppercut, nothing. So I think it's a lot of recency bias with people claiming how good his jab is. And I think it was just exposing part of Gilbert Burns game. He's a strong, powerful man and he landed a strong, powerful jab, but in order for me to give it claim to be one of the best in MMA, I've got to see it against someone else. Well, here's the thing. It's interesting you say that because, you know, there is an argument that it is recency uh, recency bias that, you know, Trevor Whitman came into the the cage between rounds and said, oh, you're a champion because of your jab. I would argue that I had, you know, I had seen the potential for his jab in the Colby fight. Do you not think he 
he broke Kobe's jaw basically with his obviously you know his straight is very good as well but I thought his jab played a lot and you you were there you should have seen I it thought, in the flesh I thought Kobe's striking was I thought Kobe was the better striker there I just thought Usman was the better power had more power so yeah no in order for me to say that I saw the potential in his jab there I disagree because I actually thought he was getting outstruck it was just a matter of being more powerful so I don't want to warrant him having such a strong jab just because he struck such a strong human because then it's like at that rate you take a heavyweight and you give him a decent jab and then does he have the best jab in mma maybe maybe not but to me i've just got to see more consistency in one fight it was the deciding factor in order for him to have the best thing in mma to me it's got to be every fight this is what he's going to do and this is how he's going to break someone down which i've seen once okay fair enough you're you're entitled to your your incorrect opinion that's that's fine <laughs> i was hoping you were going to the, the, the way i look at it is before the colby covington fight what was everything that people said about kamar usman having a glaring hole in which skill set well i mean you're wanting me to say striking that's that's what you're setting me up for he was known for his grappling yeah he was a dominant wrestler so just because he's fought two great grapplers and has had a good jab in those, I don't see how he becomes the best striking jab in, the, in MMA. I mean, you look at people like Matt Holloway who absolutely batter Ortega with a jab, who absolutely batter Calvin Cater with a jab and set up all their other strikes with a jab. And then you look at a powerful Usman who is fighting a grappling heavy style, even when he fought Mazdal. Very, very grappling heavy. But at the end of the day, his jab doesn't show in that Masvidal fight, does it? No, because it's a different man. It's a striker versus he's fighting grapplers and looking like he has a great jab against grapplers. And truthfully, I thought Covington looked like the better striker when they fought. So the one fight, it's got to be more than that for me. Fair enough. I, yeah, I, I, I see your side. I see your side. Um, now, so how- hey, if he, if he decides tonight, if he decides tonight to go show off that jab, then you will see me front and center next week admitting that I am wrong. I'm happy to. But it's it's not enough yet. It's not enough yet. So how how do we see this then playing out? In in my eyes, um, I the the place I give Masvidal credit um, is the fact that any athlete six days notice, there's going to be consideration. Six days notice, and then we're in a sport where you cut twenty pounds in six days, drastically drastically depleting your body. So in order for me to think that you deplete your body twenty pounds and you're coming off of not training as hard as you would, not training specifically as tailor-made for this fight as you would, and then you get the fight on six days, hard for me to believe any elite athlete at the professional level would not have an increase in performance after then having a tailor-made performance around this fight. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But my whole thing, and it's, it's, it's maybe a, a sort of side, uh, a side point here is, I, I just cannot get excited about this fight. Like there's, it's just one of those things where, you know, there was sort of an asterisk beside it the first time in terms of, you know, Jorge got the fight because Gilbert pulled out, then got what, 50, 45 there. And then, you know, we're back for a rematch, you know, in terms of, I just didn't feel it was earned the first time then. And I understand that the asterisk here is, you know, the six days notice and, but I just, you know, as I said, on a side note, it's just, it's difficult for me to like really look forward to this fight when I just, I don't like feel the, the need for it. But. I actually, I actually think Burns deserved the fight 
less in the fans' eyes. I think it was it's funny because like people look back at it and they're like, oh, Moswell only got that fight because Burns dropped out. But no one looks at it and realizes, oh, Burns only got that fight because Moswell had a contract negotiation going on with the UFC. So it's one or the other, you know? Burns did only get that fight, and Dana openly admitted that Masvidal wasn't taking the fight because Masvidal wanted more money. That's why Gilbert got the fight. So then for me to feel like it wasn't deserved, when the only reason it wasn't deserved is financially, then I I, I fully value the fact that he got that fight. And also, we've got to put a little asterisk on this because we we know you're not the biggest Masvidal fan out there. And and that's fair. That's fair. But, But yeah, I just think if he keeps this mentality that he's portraying, I think it's going to be a more interesting night because he is wild. He is reckless. He, he can fight someone like Darren Till coming off of people not feeling like he deserves that fight. And what do you know? Comes out reckless, wild, exciting, and lands the shot. Fight someone like Nate Diaz. People are like, oh, I think he deserves this fight. Did he really deserve this fight? Reckless, wild, entertaining. So for me, it's like, I, I think skill-wise, Masvidal is not the better fighter here. By any stretch of the imagination. Kamaru Usman is the better fighter. But yeah. I think if you just look at what Masvidal has done his entire career, you can't rule him out and you can't think it's going to be the same outcome. Well, I think it's going to be the same outcome, but I'm not ruling him out. Because as you say, you know, he, he does sort of possess that, um, I don't know, he just, he's just, he has that winning sort of mentality in terms of, um, well, I, I watched that, uh, the Darren Till knockout uh, appeared on my, on my feed at some stage during the week and the way he set that up, you know, when he, he threw, it was a, a left sort of overhand. Left, it, right, left it, stutter step, left overhand. He threw it the first time until it sort of went like, oh, what's that sort of shrugged his shoulders. And then the next time it landed, he was asleep. And, you know, and then that's how, you know, he does, he carries heavy hands. As I said, the way I see this fight being won for Jorge is, you know, he hits hard. Usman did get rocked last time out. As I said, we have seen that he's human. He can get hit. If someone smothers him, you know, he can be a little slow to start. We saw last time out. It takes him, you know, a few minutes to uh, feel out his opponent and settle down a little bit. If Masvidal swarms him, as he often does, and is a bit reckless, like as you said, that's his way to win. As I say, the longer this goes on, I think the worse it gets um, for Masvidal. Yeah, and, and I would say usually the more prolonged the fight is, it favors the grappler. So I, I can I can agree with that, especially in Usman's like wearing that someone down style. So let's transition into this this co-main event. Um, quick, what do you, what do you think? What do you see going on in that fight? So I texted you earlier, and I was gonna put on a a six fold ACA, including a Weili Zhang KO, until I saw um, Rose hitting pads. I don't know if you saw the embedded of like Usman watching Rose hitting pads. Like, she looks fierce, do you know what I mean? And, like, obviously, she has, I don't know, some sort of touch of death that, like, obviously give Joanna Jacek a lot of trouble. I just think, like, I'm looking at the odds here, and Zhang's a, a two-to-one favorite, which to me makes sense. Like, you know, we haven't seen a ton of Weili Zhang at sort of championship level. Like, how, how many times has she fought um, as champion? Twice. she won she won the belt and then just defended against Joanna, I believe, right? So like we haven't seen her a lot. Like maybe she just hasn't been on my radar for very long at the, the very highest level. Whereas Rose has been fighting um well, I think some of the best girls at what is this, one one fifteen for a for a long time. It is one fifteen, isn't it? One twenty five, yeah. right? Because the higher higher weight class is higher up the card. 
Is that how it works, right? So Valentina would be 115? No, Valentina's not a 115. No, you're right. She's 125. Yeah, yeah. No, because so, yeah, that's, it's, that's uh, it's Andrade. That's where you're getting confused. It's Andrade is going on. Yeah. Um, mm, okay. But I think, uh, uh, well, yeah. just on a side note, I think the reason that this is um, higher up the card is just there's more buzz about this fight because on paper it is a much closer fight than Shevchenko Andrade. Oh yeah, no, I, I I think it's a more entertaining fight, no doubt. I'm just saying what the UFC do like their structure is the higher weight class. Like if the heavyweight main event or if the heavyweight title is on the line, that's gonna precede Conor McGregor title technically because they do it by weight class for the men's at least. I didn't realize they had do it, done it like this for the women's. Um, so the way I see this fight, and it's pretty similar to you. I'm a Rose fan, so I'll disclose that. But I think this is strictly a matchup of power versus precision and speed and that's not to say that Whaley doesn't have that it's more so that that's what Rose's specialty is so I think you saw how that one with Jessica Andrade because that's a similar matchup except I think Whaley is a tougher problem for Rose mm -hmm. the way I would transition this over to any of our viewers that want to see like how this relates to a men's fighter is and this is just what I thought off the top of my head Rose Namajunas reminds me of Max Holloway Whaley Zhang reminds me of a uh, Cody Garbrandt although they're not the same division Max is precision. Max will wear on you. Max won't stop coming at you. Max won't stop throwing punches. Whaley, she's similar. She does have high volume, but the power lies in her hands. So if this fight gets into a slugfest, that's who you're always going to favor. Mm -hmm. So with that, I'd say I lean towards Whaley winning this. I would love to see Rose surprises again as she has in the past, but I just don't see it happen. And then to transition into the, the fight after that, Go ahead and tell me. Do you see any possible way Andrade wins this? I saw her on the scale, and I thought she looked big. Like, she looked very strong, I thought, Andrade. But I think that the thing is there is she'd be a decent bit shorter than Shevchenko, wouldn't she? Um, you so hit the nail on the head there. You hit the nail on the head. For, for her to, you know, go up the weight class, she obviously needs to, to fill out a good bit more than uh, Shevchenko would have to. So it's one of those things where... I just think Shevchenko, well, you know, Shevchenko could overlook her. That's, you know, Shevchenko has gone so long, apart from fighting Amanda Nunes, where she's just been completely unchallenged. So, I mean, there's always a puncher's chance that you get clipped. You know, Andrade is fairly powerful. Um, but if you're looking at the complete MMA fighter, the only woman in MMA that has ever been better then Valentina Shevchenko was Amanda Nunes. And that is, that is that's it. actually debatable. It's actually debatable too. Very, very debatable on the, I believe it was their first fight. And then the second fight, it was just a grappling fest against mm -hmm. someone who's the much smaller woman. So yeah. And, and I think like you mentioned at the start, that height differential, usually I don't play into um, physical attributes. I like to more think of the fighter themselves, but with this one, it, it I can't see any way this going apart from, Andrade trying to close the distance with how small and short she is. And if you remember when she fought Rose, when she closed the distance, she ate shots. Mm -hmm. You cannot eat shots against Valentina Shevchenko. Also, here's a bold claim, and this one's for our viewers to go check out tonight. Valentina Shevchenko quite possibly might be the best active counter-striker in the UFC, men's and women's. Obviously, you want to chime in with Conor McGregor there, but the way he fought last fight, I look at her, and if you take a step in on her, it reminds me of the Yoanna fight. You take a step forward, she's landing a spinning kick to your ribs. It's, mm. I mean, her her counter striking is just next level to me. And I, I think this is going to be a 
hard to watch fight if it stays on the feet. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if Valentina just dominated on the ground too. I don't see any way that Andrade can win and close the distance. I don't even know if Valentina has been caught in the UFC. So, I was just trying to think there about active counter punchers. Um, you said Connor. The first, yeah, based on current form, the first one that came to my head is is Max. If you could even, is would you say Max is a good counter puncher? I think. He is, he is, but his is more in that pocket, in the phone mm. booth. His is when he's in there, sure, you throw one shot, he comes back with two. But I think Valentina, it's when you take a step forward, it puts so much fear in fighters because they take a step forward and they eat a shot. And it, that's what Connor against Eddie Alvarez was. I think this is a similar, similar look to it stylistically. I think the second Eddie took a shot forward, boom, he eats three shots. And then he stands there like, okay, where's the activity? Where's the activity? Second uh jessica andrade is going to take a step forward i just see her eating a body kick eating a head kick and you know what just seeing what valentina did to jessica i the way she broke her down throwing that kick to the body throwing that kick to the body mm-hmm. okay i comes in but hands low boom kick to the head i don't see this going any other way truthfully yeah i think on paper it is the easiest one despite you know the the odds on shevchenko and Usman are basically the same but i think this is probably more certain as we said you know, there's probably more of a chance that uh, that Usman gets caught. I just wanted to, there's something that came to my head there, Billy, about the uh, the Zhang Namunas fight. Obviously, as we said, the most sort of um, or the closest of the of the three title fights. Um, so four percent, Patrick. <laughs> well, Billy, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up shortly here, then, so your phone doesn't die on us. Um, yeah. Namayunas could sort of, you know, the, the reach is a two inch, two inches in favor of uh, Namayunas. She has a little bit of room there to play with in terms of her movement is fantastic. Uh, could sort of try and fight her on the outside, but you're looking there at movement versus speed. And I think for her to sort of keep Whaley on the end of her punches for five rounds and sort of, you know, it'll be tough. I, I think it'll be, it's, it's a tall order. I think it'll be a great fight. I agree um, with that. But it's a, a a tall a tall task for Rose Namayunas. Just quickly I agree with that. looking through the rest of the card, and that Anthony Smith Jimmy Crute is a is a good looking exciting fight. one. Yeah, it's an exciting one. I think this is Jimmy Crute's chance to prove himself a real a real real fighter. Honestly, I watched him on the Contender Series, and I was doubting his striking and they said he was a striker then he comes in and grapples the way he does the last fight against a tough opponent so yeah i'm excited to see how that one goes if he wins that fight he's got a bright future ahead of him and then honestly i think don't overlook your eye hall chris weidman i think one of these veterans here is going to come out with some momentum and i think they're going to get a big fight coming forward especially in a middleweight division that has some stagnant at the top and has some fights that need to be made when i say stagnant it's like so many matchups to be had stagnant's not the right word because they're active but so many matchups you throw a weidman or uriah hall in there there's a matchup to be made right off the bat whether it's vittori gaslam whitaker and you think is going for the title i mean till brunson holland so many exciting fights from one of the winners of this fight right here well there is clearly a man that works too hard and does not read does not read enough mma news Adesanya Vittori is confirmed for the title. Is it really? Yeah. How? It's a topic for How is that day. possible? <laughs> I don't, I, I really don't understand. Um, Jeffrey Molina is fighting, uh, who is... Well, I, I just finalizing, 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 uh, finalizing. It's going to be booked. It's going to be booked. Um, 
just a, a quick note on um, Jeffrey and Molina. Uh, James Christ is back cornering for, I don't know, I, I mention it every week. You know, he literally is cornering. should be a segment of yours. There should be a segment of yours. Who James Krause is cornering this week? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime James Krause is in the arena, Cam will make it known. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, like, I mean, uh, you know. It's fair, fair. It's fair. Fair play to him. He's, he's, um, he's cornering yeah. literally nearly every week. Yeah. Uh, in the UFC, um, okay, Billy. Any any closing remarks here before we, we wrap up and you uh, your, your phone dies? Yeah, I'm I'm willing to drive this thing into the dirt with the, with the phone. When it dies, that if he dies, he dies. Um, no, but honestly, let's let's look at the prelim card really quick. I think uh, Alex Oliveira could use a win here. Um, I think Randy Brown's a massive welterweight. But then going through those, I and I mentioned to you um, off air cam. I think that this this prelim card has the potential for excitement. Tristan Connolly, his fight was exciting against Michelle Pereira. Maybe that was just because Michelle Pereira was exciting. Carl Roberson, I always think is an exciting fighter. Brandon mm-hmm. Allen, he's beat Kevin Holland. He's a good fighter. Dwight Grant, I find entertaining as well. Alex yeah. Oliveira, a wild man. So, yeah, I think there's potential for fight of the night knockouts all over the board in that prelims. So, yeah, I, I'm excited to watch those too, which is, it feels like it's been a while since there's been a fight card that top to bottom each fight has that potential to put someone out. So I think it'll be a good night. Yeah. I feel like, as you said, there's a lot of potential, you know, for hardcore fans, there is, as you said, name value top to bottom, but then there's the potential potential for someone lesser known to maybe burst onto the scene or, you know, uh, make their name known. Actually, before we wrap up, Billy, I wanted to, uh, to let you know, I, I, I know I said earlier that um, I had elected not to, what's wrong. What's happened to you? I've just, I, I've, I've just, maybe this is a typo. Please let me know if this is a typo. So Tristan Connolly made his debut against the massive Michelle Pereira, right? Very, mm-hmm. you know Michelle Pereira. I do. Not personally. Debut against Michelle Pereira. Mm-hmm. <laughs> debut <laughs> against Michelle Pereira. Won the fight. Extremely entertaining. Yeah. Michelle Pereira probably weighs what? 215 pounds? It looks like it. Yeah, maybe. Tristan Connolly is fighting at featherweight tonight. Really? I, I maybe the UFC's got a typo here. Hmm. That is interesting. That's uh, if if that's, this is true, he could be the first quad weight world champion. Well, yeah, because I think Michelle Pereira's fight because he cuts a lot of weight to get down to one seventy. I think the fight was at one seventy, but Michelle Pereira looks like a natural one eighty five. Two, maybe even now, nah, not light heavyweight, but yeah, 185. And Tristan Connolly beat him on a debut on two days' notice. And now Tristan Connolly is a featherweight. Wow, this is this is news to me. Yeah, no, you're right. Welter feather. Yeah. That is that is something. It's an interesting And to jump. fight a big welter, too. It's an interesting jump. Obviously, Connor did it in like sort of what he turned around in like three months from Aldo to Nate, but going the other way is very interesting um Very. but uh fair play to him i just i just wanted to make this known to you as i said uh you know i yeah. did i did see that uh clip of rose hitting pads and i said oh i'm not um i'm not bet on zhang by ko but i've, I've put out more of a speculative sixfold uh 1500 to one uh we have okay. we have a uh, james Kreuz's own jeff molina to win by submission we have Jimmy okay. Jimmy Crook by decision. I thought Anthony Smith was too tough to finish in three rounds, so I elected for decision. 
I have Uri- Uriah Hall as a dog, which is completely crazy to me, to win by KO. Um, Shevchenko decision, touch and go. I don't know. It could, could end early, but we, we, we don't know. I think Zhang hits too hard, maybe for Rose. I have her down for a KO. And um, Usman by decision. And that came back at 1,500 to 1, which, I mean, if you break those things down individually, um, you know, they're all feasible. So, I mean, at 1,500 to 1, you know, one pound on, I'm like, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's speculative, you know, it's, it'll keep me, it'll keep me interested. So, uh, that's. Yeah, that's, Cam's putting one pound down, and if you see Cam tonight, drinks are on him if it hits, so. <laughs> well, we'll know fairly early, because the Molina submission one there is the one with the longest odds, and he's like first or second fight on, so I mean, it mightn't have a chance from the, from the get-go, even if the rest right. come in, do you know what I mean? So, it's, I don't know. Right. It's just, it's right. one of those things. Should be a, an exciting night of fights and uh, keep keep your eyes posted from the MMA Across the Pond podcast in case there's a last minute bet to be placed. So you guys know where the winning bets are. Keep your eyes on uh, the Across the Pond Instagram page to see if we can print you guys some money tonight. Well, that's the thing. And actually, just before we go, I wanted to, to make it known that how many one and done's have we done? Maybe five? We haven't picked, we haven't picked the fighter wrong yet. Um, what did I have the last time out? I had Marquez over Alvi, which came in, but Correct. I think I think I said decision, and he got a, a submission. Late uh, sub, yeah, or was it early sub? Second round or something. So we've each time, and then did I have or who did we have before that? I don't know, but all the fighters. Um, it was like, the 135 pound Masvidal. His name slipping my mind right now. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, Adrian Yanez. Oh, we Yanez. And then we had the smells. <laughs> the smells. We smell. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> so um, I don't know. Like, do, do you want to throw out a one and done for the for the? I know who I would pick in terms of what you're getting for, where I think the odds are incorrect, and you know more of a. Oh, okay. I've lost Billy. Uh, he his phone has died. The. Uh, <laughs> So I'm gonna on his behalf and um, Uriah Hall is an underdog, which to me is a little bit crazy. The one and done for me is Uriah Hall by second round KO, I want to say over Weidman. Um I just think you know, for two guys that you know are probably past their best, um Uriah Hall is the one that still has, I think, more potential to get back to you know some source of uh, contention so as i said the one and done for tonight we have uriah hall what did i say second round ko and um, so there we have it folks as i said unfortunately um billy joined the podcast today on 18 percent battery so um but sure these things do happen and um, so i hope you all enjoy the fights and um, and yes don't forget uriah hall by second round ko and we will be back hopefully a little more regularly than, you know, our, our sort of four-week hiatus there. But um, we will review and then preview the next card next week. Uh, so enjoy the fights and we will catch up with you then.